I'm Holly. I'm a business strategist who loves a good plan and flowchart and is crazy passionate about teaching women like you how to build your dream job and scale to six figures and beyond without sacrificing your weekends and priorities. I believe strongly to my core that you can create a routine you love with the right strategy, product suite, aka what you are actually selling, and simple systems to create a lifestyle that works and a business that scales without burnout. Because here's the thing, it's not just about managing your time. It's about embracing that time freedom and really working on unlocking that freedom together so that you can do more of what you love. After 22 years in corporate strategy, working for Fortune 500 companies, I ditched the office to build a now seven-figure business with my husband full-time. And P.S., we did it in less than two years during the pandemic with twins. Oh my goodness. My goal here is to provide you with unfiltered insights into behind the scenes of entrepreneurship. What works, what doesn't practical tips you can implement right now, as in right after listening. I want you to consider this podcast, your online business MBA, delivered directly to your inbox, intertwined with the realities of being a working mom, exploring life, and the invaluable lessons learned along the way. Think of the Crush the Rush podcast as your weekly one-stop shop for actionable business planning, guiding you on the next steps and explaining the why, the really important things behind each move. We'll keep you motivated and uplifted as you learn from some of the industry's best experts. So grab your sparkly beverage, I'm sipping on a chai tea, and get ready to learn to do less better. Let's scale your dream business and finally have the freedom to focus more on what you love. This is the Crush the Rush podcast. I am super excited to announce that the next cohort of the Collective Mastermind is officially kicking off. And the best part is, is we gave it a makeover. So the new nine-month mastermind is nothing like you have ever experienced before. Because as we say, a life priorities-focused business is the fastest way to multi-six figures. And I'm going to teach you exactly how. So if you aren't familiar with our mastermind, we combine strategy and mindset and then layer on our sought-after community and toolkit. But let's just get real for a second. So in today's business and economy, you have to continue to grow and pivot or you're going to be left behind, period. What makes this different? I have only run my business in a pandemic, a recession, or whatever you want to call our current state. We now have a full team and I have retired myself and my husband in less than three years. And in the last 15 months, we have crossed the half a million mark in revenue. And I did most of this while working full time. I'm not saying this just to throw out numbers. I am saying this to show you that it is possible. This mastermind is not cookie cutter. It is not one size fits all. I actually adapt to you and your goals and provide you with the structure and accountability to scale. And my ultimate goal, again, let's just be real, is for you to make your investment back and more. Unlike other masterminds, if you happen to have mastermind trauma, you actually get access to me directly. As in, I am right here building it with you. You get the power of the group, but the benefit of the one-on-one. So this is a perfect fit for you if you have started a business and are ready to scale to multi-six-figure and seven figures. You are ready to buy back your time and energy. You want to expand your team in a way that makes sense for you and saves time. 
you are ready to have consistent 10K, 20K, 30K months and beyond, and you are really ready to step into that true CEO role. It is time to pivot. It is time to be a part of a community to support you with the expansion, alignment, and profit that you want to make in your business. So I'm going to make this super, super, super easy because my goal is to help you do less better and make more money. Who doesn't want that? Just DM me mastermind and I'll share you the next steps and how to apply. You can also grab the link in the show notes or go to hollymurrayhaines.com forward slash crush the rush collective. And yes, in case you were curious, all of our famous retreats are included and they also got a makeover too. So just DM me mastermind and I will share the next steps with you or you can go to hollymurrayhaines.com forward slash Crush the Rush Collective. On this episode of the Crush the Rush podcast, we are digging deep into how to plan a peacefully productive week, which I don't know about you, but just the title alone sounds really, really amazing. And to do this, I have brought in guest Jess Massey. Jess is the host of the Hustle Sanely podcast, a planner creator and the founder of the community-centered productivity brand, Hustle Sanely. And she's going to walk us through the five keys to Hustle Sanely, particularly in how to create a week that allows you to focus more on your mental health and relationships. From adopting a positive mindset to getting clear on your vision to prioritizing your tasks and creating a schedule that honors your energy, Jess covers it all. And today we are not only digging into the Hustle Sanely framework, but also from a business perspective, understanding how she rolled out such a robust product suite and was still able to take time for herself. I know you're going to love this episode as much as I did. Get a pen and paper ready because there are so many good tips that you're going to want to take advantage of. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the Crush the Rush podcast. How are you? Hi, Holly. I am so well. I am very pregnant when we are doing this interview. So if you hear me gasping for air, that is why I am doing that. But thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here and chat with your community. I'm so excited as well. I mean, there are so many different topics I feel like we could cover. I'm not going to lie. I like totally binged all of Jess's content before this interview. Like you guys are going to love her so much. But one of the reasons that we brought her on the show is she has defined what she calls the hustle sanely framework. And I think it just aligns with our audience so, so much. I know we had quite the pre-conversation before this, but I would love for you to just really share your story because I think it's so important that you talk about this framework, but you talk about it in a way that really prioritizes mental health and relationships and a way to just do things differently, which I think we all can just get behind. Yeah, totally. So I was telling Holly, I actually started Hustle Sanely on accident. I was in grad school studying speech language pathology, which when people hear that, they're like, wait, what? Like that seems like so left field compared to what you're doing now, which I guess it kind of is in a way, but I was, like I said, in grad school, I was working two, sometimes three part-time jobs during that season of life. I had to be on site for what they call practicum. It's basically like clinicals in grad school. So I just had like a lot of plate spinning and I was a newlywed at the time, just trying to figure out how to show up well for my life, but still make sure that I'm getting things done that align with my goals. 
And I don't know how much you know about the Enneagram. I'm a three. So, (laughs) okay. I figured. You're uh, like the same person, really. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Now that we're we're like, all this stuff is coming up. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But I, I, my whole life in my twenties, I'm 32 now. So in my twenties, I spent a lot of my time hustling after goals. And I had this really bad habit of getting tunnel vision where I would just kind of zero in on the goal and I would sacrifice my mental health and the important relationships in my life in pursuit of that goal. Because in my mind, I was like, well, once I reach the goal, then I can take care of my mental health. Once I reach the goal, then I'll make sure to be a present wife, a present friend, a present daughter, sister, you know, all the roles that we kind of carry as women. But I was burnt out. By the time that I was in grad school, I was like, this is not sustainable. I cannot do this for another two years and come out on the other side, a healthy version of myself. Like I know that if I keep running the way that I'm running, I'm going to be a shell of a human by the time I reach the goal. And then what's the point of reaching the goal, right? If that's how you're showing up for it at the end. So uh, I kind of went on this personal mission back in 2017 to just figure out a better way to be productive. And so I was building Hustle Sanely without knowing that I was building Hustle Sanely in a way. So while I was in grad school, I was looking for a planner that would just kind of help me keep all of these new priorities in front of my face because I knew that I wanted to show up well for my mental health, show up well for my relationships as I was in grad school, not when I graduated a couple years later. So I made a planner and I kind of started sharing it on Instagram stories and people were like, okay, amazing. We love this planner. But how are you managing your time and managing your energy to get all this stuff done? So that's when I started kind of teaching on productivity. And I realized there was such a need and a yearning for just a different way. Because I feel like back then, like 2017, 2018, hustle culture was like very prevalent. You know, you heard like the boss babe mantras like run, 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 go, 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 do, do, do. But I feel like by 2019, especially 2020, people were tired. We were like, okay, this isn't working anymore. This is not sustainable. What can we do differently? So that's kind of how Hustle Sanely came to be. It was me on a personal journey trying to just be, I call it living a peacefully productive life. So just a healthier version of productivity and just kind of sharing my journey and teaching other people and kind of bringing them into that as well. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's so many different paths we could go down. I was saying before the call, like, I really want to dig in. I'm like obsessed with strategy and I'm like, you have this most robust product suite I have ever seen. Like I want to dig into that, (laughs) but I also want to understand like, what does this productive week framework look like? So let's start there and then we can like pull back the layers. I'm a big framework person. I am very type A, which I'm sure is not shocking. And I just, I love, I love having steps to follow just because I'm a visual learner. I'm a visual person. And I'm like, okay, give me a map. I'm not afraid to stray off the map, but like I need it to start. You know what I mean? So I came up with five steps to help people plan a peacefully productive week. So if you want, we can just kind of dig right into those five steps. Sound good? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, awesome. Cool. So step one is plug in your scheduled responsibilities. Here's the thing. Like, I feel like when people hear me say like, oh, peacefully productive life, they're 
they're like, okay, so what does that mean? You just kind of like fluff around and like you enjoy every second of every day. Like you don't have to show up and be anywhere at any specific time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like that is not what I'm saying. But like, we all have responsibilities, right? Like some of us are moms, a lot of us are business owners. So like we have things that we have to show up for like meetings. If you're in school, you have classes that you have to be in attendance. Like, so that is always step one is like, get those on your, your week first. So if you're looking at your week at a whole, like let's plug those in first. Okay. So any time bound events that you have for the week. So like I said, classes, meetings, appointments, phone calls, Zoom meetings, especially now. So I always say start with those because those are things that you don't really have a lot of wiggle room most of the time because they're set in stone time-wise. So that is step number one is plug in those scheduled responsibilities. And I like to do them in their own color, just because I like when I'm looking at my week, I like things that are kind of scheduled to pop out at me because then I can, it's, it's easy for me to look and see, okay, these, I don't have a lot of margin. I can't really, you know, be flexible with when these are happening. They kind of are when they are. And then things that are in another color, I'm like, okay, I have a little bit more uh, freedom to kind of, you know, play schedule Tetris, if you will, and move those around as I need to. So that is step one is plug in those scheduled responsibilities. And then step two is, and this, this one, it takes a little bit of, I guess, pre-work if you will, it's plug in your non-negotiable priorities and any habits that support those. So in order to plug in your non-negotiable priorities, you have to know what they are, right? And so that's going to take some time and yours are going to look different than mine. Like nobody's are going to look the same. So I always, I, part of hustle sanely, we have what we call the five keys to hustling sanely. And one of the keys to hustling sanely is defining your priorities. Like in order to show up well for your priorities, you have to know what they are. Right. So I'm happy to share some examples of my own, just to kind of get wheels turning. Cause I know it feels really big when you're looking at your life as a whole, like there's so many moving parts, right. You have like friendships, work, family, home life, like all the things. And you're like, oh my gosh, how do I narrow down? How do I choose? So for me, a couple of my non-negotiable priorities that are like on a weekly basis, my husband and I do date night once a week. That's a pretty common one. I would write. So I always want to make sure that that is on my calendar. I, something that I do is movement is very important to me. I used to be a personal trainer and I am very, I nerd out about the mental health benefits of fitness more so than the physical benefits of fitness. So moving my body five days a week, week is a non-negotiable priority for me. And then one more example is my family. They live around 45 minutes away from me. And it's important for me to go visit them once a week. My grandparents are getting older. And so I want to spend as much time with them as I can while they're still here. So that is also a non-negotiable priority for me is going and making that trip once a week to see them. So figuring out, getting clear on what those non-negotiable priorities look like in your life, and then putting them on your calendar. Because as I'm sure you know, if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen, right? The older we get, we just have our hands in more things. We have more things that we're responsible for showing up for. And it's like, it sounds nice to not have to schedule everything. And you're like, yeah, I think I'm just going to, we're just going to go on a date night and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Yeah, sure. But like, what if I'm tired? He's tired. I'm working. He's working. Like we have to have it on the schedule so that everybody's on the same page. Right. So that is step number two is plug in your non-negotiable priorities and any supporting habits that go along with those. So habits might be like your morning routine, things like that. So whatever your non-negotiable priorities are, 
Like I said, it's going to look different, but actually getting those suckers on the calendar so that you can see, not only does it help you, like it holds you accountable, right? We all know that about a calendar, but it's so beneficial when managing your energy to be able to look at everything from like a bird's eye view and just see like, okay, this is where I'm expected to be, what I'm expected to do. And it's just, it's helpful to be able to kind of see all that at one time, rather than going into each day without a game plan. And you're just like flying by the seat of your pants, like crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. And I feel like you've saved so much mental energy when you have all these things kind of on the calendar ahead of time. And something that I teach in Hustle Sanely, like this is our, I would say, Hustle Sanely mantra, our schedules and routines, they're tools, not chains. So none of these things, you're not bound to them, right? Like it's, there's so much flexibility. That's part of living a peacefully productive life is learning how to extend grace to yourself and to others. And, you know, kind of leaning into, because yes, time management is huge and it's so important, but I think energy management is almost more important. So I think kind of seeing all of that on the calendar at one time, it gives you the opportunity to be the best manager of your energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. We've been talking a lot about energetic time management and I love the saying tools, not chains, because to me, if your schedule that you scheduled and planned feels like awkward and painful, then like, don't do it. And I think it, like, right. you give yourself permission to not have to follow the plan. It's, it's fine to have a plan, but you don't always have to follow it if it doesn't work. A hundred percent. And like I was saying earlier, just having the, like the map, the framework, it like me personally, it gives me like the motivation to like get going. Like when I'm like, okay, this is where I'm heading. Let's do this. Like it just helps me get the ball rolling. But then once the ball is rolling, I'm like, okay, actually this feels better than what I have on paper. And that's totally fine. I feel like so many people get very wrapped up in wanting to stick to the schedule just because they're kind of using it as like yeah. a lifeline. And I'm like, okay, it's not something to like anchor you down. Like it's a tool to support you, like your schedule. If it's not supporting you, it's not doing you any good. So like, let's shift it around a little bit. So those are the first two steps. And then step number three is determine and schedule your top three tasks for the week. So for me, I am huge and I'm sure you are as well on prioritizing tasks. Like if I look at a giant to-do list for the week, I'm just like, what is happening? Like, it's overwhelming. You don't know like where to start. So then maybe you grab at a task that I call it like a low hanging fruit task where it's like kind of easy. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this so that I'm being air quotes productive. Yeah. So it feels like I'm doing something, but you're not actually moving the needle on tasks that make a difference to things that matter for you, like your goals, things that you're actually working toward. So I think it's really important to kind of determine what your top three, that's what we call them in Hustle Family Land, like your top three weekly tasks are so that you can give your best time and energy to those tasks, right? So, and of course I had to put in there, not only do you need to know what those are, but schedule them in because when you have it on the calendar, you can see everything, how it all meshes together. So how your top three tasks tasks are kind of fitting in with your scheduled responsibilities, how they're fitting in with your non-negotiable priorities. And I made that step two, I'm going to back up a little bit, but kind of putting in your non-negotiables up toward the top, because I feel like a lot of people save that for the end. Like, okay, once I have like all of my goals and all of my, you know, stuff like that on my schedule, then I can show up for my mental health. Then I can do my morning routine. Then I can go to the gym. Then I can go on date night. But I think when we start with those things, we're able to do the other things just better because we're filled up. And I feel like when we're operating from overflow, 
you're able to be more productive without having to try so hard because you're managing your energy a little bit better. So just wanted to kind of make a note of that, but that is step number three. And then kind of going along with that, what I just said, step number four is schedule in weekly rest. So I am such an advocate of scheduling in rest ahead of time, which when I first started doing this, I'm not going to lie as an Enneagram three, I felt a little crazy. I was just like, like, what do you mean? Like schedule in time to just kind of chill. Like, I don't know about that. Seems a little bit like a waste of time. And it took me a lot. And this sounds so silly to say rest took me so much practice. Like I was terrible at rest when I first started implementing it into my life. Now I'm like, I feel like I'm a rest master because I can see, I've seen the benefits in my life and in my business of when I'm operating from a place of rest, the work that I produce is such higher quality and and my mental state is a lot better too. So it's just like everybody wins. Like my community wins because the products that I'm creating are of better quality. I'm winning because I'm not burnt out. Like I'm not burning the candle at both ends. So before you go like filling in your day with like a bunch of tasks, I always recommend like schedule in your weekly rest. And even if you don't know what that rest is going to be, because I, me personally, my rest looks different every single week. It's not like every single Thursday at 7 PM, I go, I take a bath. Like it it doesn't work like that for me. If that works for you, great. Amazing. That makes it easier. But for me, it's just kind of like having that couple of hours blocked out on my calendar that just say rest. And then when the time gets a little bit closer, I'm like, okay, what kind of rest do I actually need right now? Cause I don't know if you've ever heard this, but there are seven different types of rest. When I learned that last year, I was just like, wait, excuse me. Like it was mind blowing to me. And so I kind of just like lean into it. And that's, that's where our schedules and routines, our tools, not chains kind of comes into play. You give yourself space to kind of, you know, wiggle around in your schedule a little bit and just kind of move things around and do what suits you best in the moment. So get that rest, like that rest time blocked out on your calendar and then fill it with whatever you need. Maybe it does look like a bath one week, but maybe the next week, something that makes me feel very rested is being outside. My husband and I are very active. We live in Florida. So we love paddle boarding, rollerblading, biking, like those kinds of things. And some of my friends are like, that does not sound relaxing at all. (laughs) But to me, rest is whatever refreshes you. And so being outside and like being active, that really refreshes my husband and I. So maybe we'll go on a date and play pickleball with another couple, right? So it's just like, Rest doesn't have to look like just sitting on the couch watching TV or sitting in a chair reading a book or in the bath. Like, I feel like those are things that we normally hear as like ideas of rest. And if that is your rest, then that's amazing. But I just, I like to kind of break that box a little bit so people can, I don't know, just kind of explore rest in a different way for them. So yeah, I'm just, I'm very big on scheduling in intentional rest because it's to me, we don't earn rest. It's not something that you get once your to-do list is all the way done or checked off or all of your goals are met. It's just, I feel like rest is something that should be weaved into your life regularly. Does that resonate? Yeah, no, I love that. And I'm the same way. So I'm an Enneagram three also. And I say, I always say I'm an ex workaholic, right? Like, so for me, if I'm not working, (laughs) if I'm not working, it feels really weird, like even to this day. And so when I used to think about rest, it's like, oh, I have to sit down on the couch or I have to read a book or watch like that did not feel good to me. I would rather like similar to you take a walk 
or go do an activity where like, I'm not on my computer. To me, rest is more like doing things that recharge me, going to yoga, something like that. So I love how you phrase that because I think so often people are like, oh, like I just need to sit in quiet, which you do. Like, I agree that you should do that. But for me, like five minutes of quiet and I'm like, okay, I got to like go outside or like go do something that's not working. So I think that's a great way to sort of reframe that. Yeah, totally. And I... I have never heard anybody else call themselves an ex-workaholic. I also (laughs) identify with that and call myself that. And it's nice to hear that someone else struggled with rest because I feel like we see so often on social media how important rest is and the benefits of it and how peaceful and beautiful and amazing and aesthetic and all the things that rest is. But it's like no one really ever talks about rest can feel really clunky if you're not used to resting. Like it really does take practice and you know that that phrase like practice makes perfect whatever like we don't think like of things outside of like sports and activities when it comes to that kind of stuff but I'm like no things that just you're not used to doing on a regular basis which a lot of us that's resting uh, so just trying out different types of rest I think is really crucial to kind of sticking with it and making it like an active thing in your life. So that is step number four is kind of building in rest ahead of time. And then that brings us to the last step, which is step number five. And that is fill in other tasks for the week, carving out space for margin and transitions. So this is where you can kind of go and like you have your to-do list for the week and you're like, okay, this is, these are the things that I need to get done. You've already kind of prioritized your top three tasks for the week. So you know, like, okay, these are the ones that get my best time and energy. Now what else needs to be done? Let's kind of figure that out. And I, this is the last step for a reason, right? Because in pre-hustle family days, when I was kind of running that in that hustle culture mode, I had this all flip-flops. Like I would save rest for the end. I would save my non-negotiable priorities for the end. And all of my to-dos would be at the very top. But here's the thing, like our to-dos are going to get done because that's just like how we operate as people, but we're not always going to show up for our mental health and the important relationships in our life, unless we're very, very intentional about that. Right. So that's why those are at the top of the list. And then your other to do's and things are kind of at the bottom because number one, let's be real. Like our to-do lists are never going to be empty. Like they're always growing. They're always kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like So there's just no point in making that your top priority because it's never going to, it's never going to show up for you how you're showing up for it. You know what I'm saying? So I just think it's so much more beneficial all around to start with those non-negotiable priorities, like showing up for yourself, your friends, your family, your faith, like all of those kinds of things. And then being like, okay, this is the foundation of my life. How can I weave those to-dos that need to get done into my life? Because I feel like so often we're living the other way around. Like we're living to check those boxes off of our to-do list. And then we're left kind of burnt out, overwhelmed, wondering why we feel like, and this is kind of silly, but this is what I picture, like a deflated whoopee cushion at the end of the day, you know, where we're just kind of like, there's no air left in us. And we're just like, I have nothing left to give. I will never forget. This is kind of like, I guess my turning point when I was like, okay, something's got to give. I was sitting on the couch with my husband at the end of a long day. This is before Hustle Sanely. And he was like, I feel like I get the crumbs of you at the end of the day. He's like, I feel like I don't get like the real thing. I just get like what's kind of left over. 
Holly, that was a dagger to my heart, you know, for him to call me out like that. Like I appreciate it now because it changed the trajectory of how I live my life. But I was just running so fast and so hard at that time that I didn't realize that it was affecting other people in my life, not just my own mental health. So to hear something like that, it was a wake up call for me. And so that's when I kind of started working on these frameworks and figuring out like, okay, I've actually had it completely backwards my entire life. And so coming up with this framework and just having something to kind of follow to help me get that mindset or that perspective rather kind of flipped has just been really helpful. So that's why I'm so passionate about teaching it to other people. Oh my gosh. So good. I have so many questions about how this all works. So the number one question that I get, which I'm going to ask again, because I I like to hear others perspective is like everyone defines having a productive week differently, right? So that looks different for everyone. But when you put what is going on on your to-do list last, it feels super awkward and weird. And then everyone's like, well, I don't have time to do all these other things. So when the immediate response is, this isn't going to work for me because I have too much to do. What do you say? I say, okay, I am a tough love kind of gal. So let me just preface with that. I say how you spend your time, it reveals what your true priorities are. So if that's what you're telling me that you don't have time to make date night a priority or journal every morning for your mental health or go to the gym, what kind of life are you living really? Like, like go inside, like internalize for a second and ask yourself, like, are you truly happy with how you are showing up every single day? Do you feel like you're actually showing up as the healthiest version of yourself? If your to-do list is kind of like your life's Bible. So like I said, I know that's a little bit harsh, but I used to think this way as well. And so that's why I'm like, I just want to like put my hands on the shoulders of people who are asking this and like look them in the eyes and be like, no, like you're so used to living like this because you've been doing it for so long, but it is so possible to kind of break these unhealthy habits that you've been walking in. And another thing that I like to encourage people into is it's not like an all or nothing approach. I'm not like, okay, throw your to-do list out the window. And now you're just going to focus on your mental health and the important relationships in your life. Amazing. Great. Go for it. Like that's not realistic either, especially if you're in like a really busy season, maybe you're in grad school or maybe you're moving, maybe you started a new job. Maybe you are, you know, your business is kind of newer and you're still kind of in those building stages or whatever, but it's It's about integrating in those small habits that kind of support you and your mental health and how you're showing up for the people in your life. So instead of feeling like you have to have like 10 non-negotiables, like, okay, I have to have a date night. I have to have a girl's night. I have to go visit my family. I have to journal every day. I have to go to the gym five days a week. Like pick one, pick one or two. Let's weave those into your week. And then we can build on that because you're going to learn that once you make those one or two new healthy habits a priority and you weave those into your schedule on a regular basis, you're going to be more productive without having to exert as much energy. So I feel like when we focus on our mental health and the important relationships in our life, it kind of almost expands the productivity in our life without us having to do more, if that makes sense. No, I love that so much. Okay. I want to flip it a little, the question a little bit, because yeah, as I mentioned, like you have built like the most robust product suite, like that I've seen (laughs) in a while. It's really, really awesome. 
and you have a podcast and you're about to have a baby and you have a planner, like you've got a lot going on. And so what are your best tips for, and again, this is a question I always get asked. So I like to hear different perspectives. What are your best tips for fitting in all the things, right? Because there's a lot to just maintain without even creating anything new. Okay. My secret weapon to getting all the things done that I get done in a week, batching, batching. Okay. So maybe two batching and time blocking. I feel like you can't really have one without the other. Like they kind of coincide in my world, but batching is truly my productivity BFF. Like that is what I call it. I don't know. I remember before using batching my business it just, it felt like an explosion in my brain. I felt like (laughs) I was reaching and grabbing and kind of running on that hamster wheel or I was always doing something, but I didn't really feel like I was getting anywhere. And then when I discovered batching and I created a schedule for my business that was based on batching, the game changed. And I was like, oh my gosh, why has nobody told me about this? But the way that I, cause I know there are tons of different ways that you can use batching and kind of approach it. But the way that works best for me is I like to give each day of the week, what I call a focus. So like Mondays, I focus on this Tuesdays. I focus on this Wednesdays and so on. And I kind of fit my tasks into those focus areas, if you will. So that way I'm not constantly having to task switch all day, every day. I can kind of get in the zone and kind of work in that flow state and then stay in that flow state, do what I need to do. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Moving on to the next thing the next day. And not only does it just like make my week less stressful because I'm able to get in that flow state, but I'm never wondering like, when is this going to get done? When, what day am I going to do this? Like, where does this task fit in? Like I have everything kind of built out where I'm like, okay, on Mondays we're working on like product development. That's my focus on Mondays. So any new products that are coming down the pipeline, they're going to get attention on Mondays. Tuesday is my content creation day. So I'm not having to run around and make Instagram reels all day every day and being like, Oh my gosh, when am I going to type the caption, make the cover photo, like do the silly dance on camera. Like I'm doing all of that on Tuesdays for the entire. And then Wednesdays I do calls and meetings. And then Thursdays are my days where I'm focused on coaching. And then Fridays, I call it my open loop day. So like, I usually work like a half day on Friday and it's just like anything that didn't get done. It's like my overflow day. So that way I know that even cause life happens, right? Like maybe my, my husband calls and he's like, Oh my gosh, we have to take the dog to the vet. And I'm like, Oh, I can't, it doesn't fit into my batch schedule. Like, okay, right. that's not, <laughs> not going to work out. Right. So having that kind of Friday overflow day, I call, like I said, an open loop day. It just gives me like the mental, I guess, kind of space to breathe where I'm like, okay, if life happens or something doesn't get done, I have a little bit of time on Friday where I can kind of tie that bow up and get it off the list and move on. But having that batch schedule every single week has just been the biggest blessing in my business. Because like I said, I feel like I spend more time doing the tasks because I'm not trying to figure out when they're going to get done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I I call it something different. I call it theme days, but I do the same thing, like exact, but it, it's been like a game changer. So like today is podcast day. And I know that all of my energy goes to everything that I can do for podcasting. But if I did this every day, like I wouldn't have enough energy to do it because it takes so much. It does take a lot of energy to have an interview and make sure that you're on and 
like it's a lot. And so we only do it one day a week and, and we're actually even moving to only doing it two days a month, which I'm super excited about. I love that for you. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just been really cool. So I love that and how you explained it. Anything else around what might help somebody have a more productive week that you would want to share? Yeah, I think it would be kind of important to talk about just time blocking a little bit because I think a lot of people get scared of time blocking again because they think time blocking to me is just creating a schedule for your days, like making a flow for how your day goes. And I think some people they're like, okay, so that means that I have to have every minute of my day planned out and I have to know like exactly what I'm doing at 12:55 p.m. and then at 3:57 p.m. I'm moving on to this and I'm like, okay, that's intense. Like the way that I do time blocking is a little bit more broad. I'm a little bit less rigid when it comes to planning like my actual daily schedule, just because I like to give myself space to honor my energy. And like, if I'm a little bit more tired one day, or if I have more energy one day, I want to be able to kind of operate in a way that supports that. So for me, I have like work hours that just, it's as, (laughs) as I call myself a recovering workaholic, as a recovering workaholic, like it's just, it holds me accountable having those work hours. Otherwise, if my husband wasn't home in the evening and I didn't have someone to spend quality time with, I would be like, "Mm, let me just pull my laptop. And then even though I love my work, like it's just, you get burnt out when you're constantly like doing it around the clock. So having those work hours and then just kind of fitting blocks of time into those work hours. So like I'll have an admin block in the morning for like an hour just to kind of get my brain going. Like I know when my like peak energy, peak mental energy is. And so I like to spend that time doing what we call our focus three tasks. So like our three most important tasks for that day. So just kind of using time blocking to schedule out your days in a way that again, honors and supports your energy. So maybe you wake up and like, you're ready to roll right away. And you're like, okay, I know, like I do a lot of writing for my job. So I know that I write best usually between like nine and noon. If it's afternoon, forget it. Like my brain is mush. Like you're not, it's going to take me four times as long to write a good podcast script than it would if I did it first thing in the morning. Right. So I kind of structure my day using what I know about myself and about my energy and all that. Like some people like, okay, that sounds great, but I don't know like what my energy is. Like you have to figure that out for yourself. So I always say to do like an energy assessment and it's just like, as you're going throughout like a normal week, just take notes, just jot down. Like, okay, I've noticed in the afternoon after lunchtime, it's really hard for me to focus. So maybe a good task to do during that block would be like answering emails. Cause you don't really need like a lot of brain power to do that. You just need your eyeballs open, right. And your fingers moving. So just kind of being a little bit more strategic about how you're scheduling your tasks throughout your day to support your energy. Oh my gosh. So good. I feel like we could just have this conversation forever. I love it so much. I know. But before we wrap up, we like to just get to know our guests a little bit more. So we're going to dig into a couple of just like rapid fire questions. And cool. the first question is what's your current morning routine? My current morning routine. I love my morning routine so much. So I wake up and right now this is kind of depressing. I'm drinking herbal coffee because I my caffeine intake has to be like a little bit lower right now. So I don't get real coffee in the mornings right now because I save it for the afternoons. But I go in the kitchen and I make like my herbal coffee, take my vitamins, do all that. And then I grab my journal, my Bible, and a personal development book. So there's like my three, I guess, like main pieces of my morning. And I usually give myself about an hour. And I'm not super, super structured in my morning routine. I'm not like, okay, from 
6 a.m. to 6.15, I have to read my book. From 6.15 to 6.30, I have to journal. I kind of just like sit down and I'm like, okay, how am I feeling this morning? Okay, I want to grab my journal. So I reach for my journal. We actually have a Hustle Sanely journal. I'm a big fan of guided journaling just because sometimes if I open and stare at a blank page, I'm like, I don't really know what to do here. So I like the prompts to kind of get me rolling and get me started. So I, those are the three main things that I do in the morning. Journaling, reading. I, I love reading fiction, but I save that for like afternoon and evening, but I like doing professional development or personal development in the morning. And then my faith is very important to me. So I like to spend a little bit of time in the word, just reading the Bible, praying and all of that kind of stuff. So I give myself about an hour to just kind of ebb and flow through those kinds of things. Oh my gosh. So good. What book are you currently reading? Okay. So I just started it and it is blowing my mind already. It's called the mountain is you. I don't know the author, but it's a, it's a personal development book. And it's all about just like ways that we self-sabotage and how to actually stop doing it. My best friend recommended it to me and it is so far would recommend. I mean, I'm only like a third of the way through it, but what I've read so far, super, super solid. So good. I have not heard of that one. Okay. And just for fun, what was your last sporadic swipe up? I totally need this, but didn't plan on buying it purchase. (laughs) Okay. This is so random. (laughs) I bought this last week. I get targeted. I am such a sucker for Instagram ads. So I film a lot of planner videos for my job and being pregnant right now, filming is so difficult because I'm having to like hold my breath, suck my belly in, like get it out of the frame kind of a thing. So there was this, the brand was called canvas and it's this very aesthetically pleasing tripod situation that you can set on top of your desk. And it's like, it has a ring light built in and it's for your phone because I just, I film videos on my phone instead of getting out like the whole big camera and all that. So I was using just like a regular tripod before and you know, everything was kind of a little bit shaky. Like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't really the best. So I spent an embarrassing amount of money on this tripod because it was pretty and it had a ring light built in. So I don't have it yet. It hasn't arrived, but I'm so stoked to get that dang tripod in the mail. (laughs) That's so funny because I feel like I get to keep getting pitched those ads, but mine is like on this like spiral thing that like turns around. So you can like, I don't know, I'm I'm this close to buying it. So you're going to tell me if you like it. I'll let you know Um, when I get it. I'll report back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So good. This is such a great podcast. I feel like, especially during this time of year where you're really just trying to get your schedule in place, tell everyone where they can find you and the best way to connect with you. Yeah. So everything that I do on the internet lives at jessicamassey.com, which when I say that, I'm just like, why did you do that? Because I go by Jess. So I'm like, it should have been jessicamassey.com, but it's, but it's jessicamassey.com. So that's like where all of my products live, courses, all that good stuff. But where I hang out the most is on Instagram, which my Instagram handle is at Jess M Massey. I am always on Instagram stories. I do my best to kind of show my frameworks in action on my stories. So I do a lot of like day in the life type things and kind of show like plan with me's and stuff like that. So if you're an example kind of person, like you need like that concrete, you know, example, that would be the place to go for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jess. We're going to put all of this in the show notes so you can connect with her and thank you again. Awesome. Thanks, Holly. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Crush the Rush podcast. I honestly feel like this podcast is an extension of me and our community. And so I hope you come back and listen for more. If you're feeling inspired and ready to take action, there's actually some really amazing ways that you can stay connected with us. Number one, if you want to see this episode come to life with visuals and bonus behind the scenes, you can head over to our YouTube channel, which is at Holly Marie Haynes. We like to post some bonuses there. So I hope that you're excited to learn more about these topics. And then as always, you can leave a review. Your feedback helps this show grow and reach more amazing listeners just like you. We've made it really, really easy. You can simply go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash podcast and click the review button. You can also find custom playlists and more to just say thank you and offer you another amazing way to give you some support. And then last but not least, if you have questions about today's episode or a topic that you would love to have covered in the future, you can just go to hollymarriehaines.com forward slash chat. And it's me behind the scenes answering all the questions. You can text me, send me a video, leave me a message. It's super cool. And like I said, I hope that this podcast is just an extension of our relationship together. So remember that you are capable of achieving incredible things. Keep up the amazing work and I can't wait to connect with you more. I am so grateful for you and the power of community that this podcast has created. It is just so amazing to be able to connect with all of you over the last couple of years because we've actually had this podcast for almost three full years now. And because of that, I wanted to just get to know you better. So I would love it if you would head over to hollymariehaines.com forward slash chat and tell me what you think of this episode. You can text me, voice message me, send me a video, email me and ask me anything. I'm a real human. And yes, it's me on the other end answering the messages. So I would love to know, like, what did you like about this episode? What would you like to hear more about? Did something resonate with you? Or maybe inside this episode, I gave you a keyword to learn more. If I did, you can just pop this keyword into the chat. And this is a way for us to connect and chat more. So just go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash chat. And I can't wait to hear from you. 